0: Amen. Enjoyed that this morning. We do serve a good, good Father. Amen. He knows our past, and you know you can be in church every week and still not realize that sometimes. Amen. How good God is. We take it for granted a lot of times. And I'm going to be preaching on a story this morning. I, I would didn't give it to my sermon this morning to Michelle till I got here. I really didn't know what I was going to speak on. I had two or three things going, didn't know where I was going to go with and. Um, Wanted to preach a little Christmas thing, you know, get in the Christmas spirit a little bit, a little Christmas sermon, but I, I don't know how much this will be of it. But I love the story of Mary and Joseph, but I never really realized this week until the story about Mary and Joseph, how much faith that Joseph really had to have. I'm going to read the story in a minute, but this man had a lot. Uh, this man really was obedient and listened to God. If, if, if you're, listen, if your fiancé became pregnant... And it wasn't yours, you'd have to have a lot of faith in God. Amen? And we don't look at that story this way, but we need to look at it in real life. We look at sometimes as the Bible stories as these real nice events, you know, and, oh, they had such a great ending. But th- listen, the Word was written for real life. And this is real life happening to them. Just as we go to our jobs every day, and we have to deal with stuff and testings and trials... We still have to learn how to trust God and look at God and listen for God. And, and sometimes I, I don't think we take God's Word that away. That happened to some of the great ones in the Bible with Moses and Abraham and David. How were they great? Well, the reason they're, in the Bible, the reason they're highlighted is they listened to God. They were obedient to God. They 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 want they seeked after God's face. They wanted more of God. And listen, we're living in a time in America today where just singing a song at church and hearing a sermon and going off is not going to help our families. Amen. Everybody say, Jesus. That's wake up, church. Okay, I can tell. It's time to worship. I don't know what's on your mind this morning, but let's kick Satan out of it and say. Get behind thee, Satan! I'm going to hear the word of God. Amen. Listen, we, we the time to coming to church and hearing a song and listening to a good sermon and leaving there is and not picking up our word or, or hardly praying during the week. You won't make it. You'll be consumed by the devil and, and everything that he plays in our in our with our minds, the strongholds. That's why we have God's word. Listen, the weapons of our warfare are, are carnal, amen. They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God, tearing down the strongholds. And so you can't fight the devil. You can't fight this world in your flesh. But there's listen, there's a spiritual war going on. I don't know if y'all see it in America, but there's a spiritual war going on. ISIS is not doing what they're doing, and and, and the and the turning of events that is going on is to bring sure fear. America and it's all demonic I know I just scared half you Baptists to death but if you don't listen if you believe in God's word you better believe in demons you better believe there's a Satan There's a, listen if you believe in God's word there's demons there's satanic activity and it's going on in America today and it takes listen it, it's fixing to really get uh, we've had it pretty easy in America the last 25-50 years but it's fixing to get tough. Our faith is going to be challenged. Your faith in Jesus Christ is going to be challenged of what you stand for. You say, well, they're not, you know, they're not attacking me. You will be attacked. A lot of us don't stand up for Jesus now, and we're not even attacked. <laughs> we won't even tell somebody who our Lord and Savior is. Or we're embarrassed to speak up about Jesus, or tell someone that's got problem. in, listen, I know a Jesus that'll uh, that listen. He'll bring you more peace this year. He'll change your life. He'll. We don't even speak up and say that. So how are we going to stand up in faith when we're really being when, when times really get hard? This isn't hard times, guys. <laughs> so far, I don't see nobody being lined up and their heads cut off. None of us are thrown in jail yet. Only days, y'all might have to bail me out, amen? But that, but listen, I, as I look back at Mary and Joseph, sometimes when I go through testings and trials during the week, man, I, I really make a molehill. I make a mountain out of a molehill. How many of y'all do that? Come on. How many of you little molehills in here done got a big mountain? I did it this week with, with Maeve. I, I told her, listen, Hunter just got that new four wheel drive truck. It's not new, but it's new to us, and, uh, we, and I'm just amazed at how the devil will take a mess and put it in your mind and cause you to think stuff and say it'll. It'll call Listen, it'll cause you to think and say stuff that you normally don't think and say because Satan can mess with you so much. And so this week, Hunter, well, it actually started last Friday. Friday morning, he got up and went duck hunting, going to Ola Duck Hunting, and I called like two hours later as if he made it, and he said, no, and I said, how come my truck quit, wound up having his transmission went out, and so here we are, you know, trying to figure out just like everybody else that lives in America, we got to get money, it takes money, and so we got to fix this and do this, and Mevlin said, oh no, what are we going to do, when I first told her. And what did I tell you? I said, listen, there ain't no sense crying. And for me even saying it, the devil still attacks. So just because you say it to your best friends or speak it in church, he's still going to attack you just because you say it and know it. And so I was sitting there and I said, listen, we don't need to cry over spilled milk. We're going to take your spilled milk. We're going to make some cornbread. We're going to turn it into buttermilk. We're going to eat it with cornbread. That's what I said. Write that one down, Michelle. That's a good one. I said, we're going we're gonna to take this spilled milk, turn it into butter bread, and we're going to eat it with cornbread. I mean, we're just going to eat this devil up right here. Things went good, and I don't know why. Things went well. I found a place to take his transmission to, great price. The guy was very, very good at working on the transmission, very nice. I picked him because he just had a, a real great attitude. His shop was clean, you know, and, and so he said, can I have your name and number? And so I said, Okay. I told him my number and then I said uh, he goes, What's your name? I said George Vincent, and he goes, George Vincent, you're a preacher. I said, Yeah, over here on 70. I thought he said, I thought I said, You probably seen my picture at the post office and different places, you know. He said, No, I know who you are. I know who you are now. I heard the name, but I never met you. And he took my hand. I thought, thank you, if You're sending somebody that knows me, maybe he'll give me a good deal. Anyway, he got it going, but that night, Thursday night, and this is amazing how Just a few negativity can change your walk in faith with Jesus Christ. Tim, bless his heart, I'm glad I got Tim because he's helped me in a lot of maintenance. I called him at 4.30. It was about, what, 4.15, wasn't it? Somewhere around there that morning. 4.15 on that Friday morning, on that Saturday morning, and it rang and rang and rang. And I said, Tim, hunters broke down up up by Bush Junction, Ola area. I said, can you ride? I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm getting ready to go deer hunting. I thought, oh i break it, dear Hunter. He goes, what you got? And I said, well, Hunter's broke down. He said, oh, man, I want to go. He said, I'll go up there with you. I'll be at your house in just a minute. Just like that. I'll be over there. Because I don't know diddy about maintenance. Amen. Check the tire. Ask, ask, you hear him laughing. He knows. That's right. I don't change it till it falls off. He knows. He knows, don't we? Don't laugh. Just say amen. Let's preach, okay? Amen, all right. And so he went up there with me. So the guy was very good with all this. But even that night, I done got the price. He called me and said, I'll have it ready Thursday. Uh, the problem that was wrong, Randy helped fix. We took it back to him, and he put this part of the truck back on. And he was very good. And and Thursday night, even though I had confidence in knowing it was going to be fixed, and a lot of people say, man, you're wearing over a truck. Uh, you worry over a lot less. Amen. Amen. It's, I'm saying the devil's good at making a, mount, a mohill and turning it into a mountain. Because I was already thinking, here we go, making payments. We're going to have two or three payments on. We're going to have an old model truck and be paying about six hundred dollars a month for. And well, that's going to be good. And you're the one that picked it out. But then I was going to say, well, God, He's the one that drove it and said it was good too. Amen. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, uh, all this stuff started going through my mind. How we going to pay? It. Christmas is here got money, and I, and if y'all, listen, I'm going to preach your salary just like everybody else around here. Listen, you're on a budget, and you have this, and Christmas is coming up, and blah, 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 and, and the devil started throwing all this in my mind, wouldn't have enough, you're not going to enjoy Christmas now, this and that, you know, it's going to cost you here. What if, then then the next day, what started all of this before I went to bed that night, I run into a guy that was I a, a, I don't think, barnyard mechanic, or, I don't know what he, Shade tree. There you go. Barnyard. Shade tree. The part that was wrong with Hunter's truck, he says, "Boy, I hope it didn't burn the valves up in that motor." Boy, that just set me off. I think, Good Lord, the motor's messed up now. Now I got a motor and transmission, and and I let it's like the it's like the spies going into the promised land. Ten of them had a great uh, uh, ten. Two of them had a great report. Hey, we can take it. But then the 10 that said, oh, we can't do it. You're going to fall through. I let one little old spy tell me that the motor was probably messed up too. And I went to, I'm telling you, Beverly didn't, I, she didn't know, because I don't tell her my struggles a lot like this and my battles. But I laid there that night. I went and got in the recliner, and I rode in that recliner, and I tossed. I slept about an hour and a half that night. She got up the next day. She is all surprised. Why didn't you sleep? You, you never worry about stuff. And she said, you're always telling me not to wear it. And I said, I allowed the devil to take one little moheel and turn it in so I couldn't enjoy my experience in trusting in God. He wanted me, he wanted to put sure fear inside of me. And you say, well, that's just a truck, blah, blah, blah. Hey, we. he calls us to fret over the little thing. It don't have to be a big thing. Just the little agitations of life get us fretting and get us... Get us worried and down and out. How do you know? Because I see some of y'all when y'all come in and worship. I mean, look like you've been baptized in prune juice. You're not ready to worship. You're just, oh, i had a bad week. And so it's hard to come in and flip the switch and all of a sudden be spiritual. So we need to learn to trust God more than just flipping a switch on Saturday night or when we walk through the, get out of the car. Man, life is hard. Amen? Sometimes life is tough, and then it's tough for the Christian. I'm not going to lie to you. Tell you that just because you're saved, everything's going to be okay. No. But I have a father that's a good, good father that sticks closer than a brother. He may allow me to go through stuff, but he never lets me slip out of the palm of his hand. He always holds on. And the whole time, God was going, and you preach. All I was wanting you to do, see, preachers don't have faith too. I let one little deal brush me into tossing and turning and costing money. And then that went into everything else. And all of a sudden, I started saying, man, I'll be glad Christmas is over. Amen. I even told me today, the day, I said, let's not put up a tree. Let's just put gifts on the table. I didn't want a tree up. I didn't feel like putting a tree up. Let's just put the gifts on the thing, blah, blah, blah. Get it over with. Christmas is about Jesus anyway. Well, that's the one I would not trust. Amen? Because if it's about Jesus, he wants us to trust him today. Amen? And so I let a little molehill come into a mountain, and it affects my attitude, and it affects me not wanting to pray, not wanting to turn to God. It gets me bitter. It gets me bitter with God. It gets me bitter with everybody else. This is what life can do to you. That's why the Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. If if none of that stuff is in us, then everything else, Listen, if he didn't give us, he gave us a spirit of love. He didn't give us a, uh, listen, if it's coming from anywhere else, it's coming from the devil. If you don't have peace, it's coming from the devil. It's satanic attacks. And believe me, we need to realize today that it's not Republican, it's not Democrat. I'm not going, I'm going to go to my sermon here in a minute. This whole media and everything that's happening you need, we need to see the bigger picture of Christians. It's satanic. It's demonic. It's attacking the Word of God, the name of Jesus. It's not attacking Republican or Democrat or Independent or Trump or Obama. It's not about that. It's about Satan winning in his kingdom. He's the prince of this air right now, but he don't, he's not the king of kings and the Lord of lords over the kingdom of God. Amen. Sometimes I want to tell him, man, have you read the back of the book? Do you know really who wins? And he knows, but if he can get me tossing in a recliner on Thursday night, he knows that hey, if I can get the preacher tossing and turning, then I'll get pleasant. He'll toss and turning. If it's just over a little transmission, wait till the big stuff comes. And so then, when I was reading, I thought, man, Joseph had to have some really big faith. Let's read that. I want, I want to. I want to read that story in in Matthew chapter one. Starting in verse 18. <clears throat> it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, or engaged. The word betrothed means to be engaged. Betrothal, betrothed. It means to be engaged. Now, we've got to realize, in, in the Bible time, when you was engaged, that was the same. They looked at it as the same as being married. Zach." Darian? Amen? Where are they at? Are they in here? Where? They didn't move on me. If y'all was in the Bible nowadays, y'all looked on. I know y'all were not getting married till July because I get to preach the, the funeral, I mean the marriage. I get to preach it. I get to preach it. Let it slip. It down, yeah. But they, they're engaged and coming in July, they're getting married. Now just imagine... In the Bible days, a betrothal or betrothed means engaged. It meant they looked at them as the same as being married. It, the reason I say that, because if you'll look back in this verse, uh, the reason they look at it in the Jewish times back as engaged, as being married, because it says they were betrothed. It says then, let me go back. It says to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, now what's the Bible call it there? Her what? Husband. So that's why they they view the engagement the same as being married. And uh, it says, as Her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He wanted to divorce her secretly. He didn't want to bring her through the mud and run her family's name through the mud, so he'll just divorce her privately and be quiet about it because I don't want to hurt her. And so he goes on It says, But a while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. There's a wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, he wakes up. And I love this part, the faith that Joseph had after having a dream, because I'd be wondering, man, is that that Mexican food I eat? Or was that a dream? And he wakes up out of the dream, and I, I just love this man's faith right here. The angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took him, his wife. I mean, guys, could y'all have that much faith? Is you used engaged to your wife now, and all of a sudden, she came up pregnant during your engagement. Can you imagine what Joseph was going through and all that he was thinking? Man, I love this girl. I, we, we had a big plan. Man, I, I had a marriage where We was going on a honeymoon on Galilee. We had a room in the Innsby Suites. We was going deep sea fishing. I mean, it was going to be great. And now she's pregnant by someone else. What would your reaction be, guys? Now, some of y'all are looking real holy. Well, you know, I would just do what the Lord says. No, you wouldn't. You'd have said, bye. Amen? Most of us would have left Mary standing, packed our bags and left. We'd have been so angry, been so mad. This is really, I mean, they were just about married. I mean, here they are engaged, the same as being married. And this, this trouble, this, this molehill is fixing to be turned into a mountain. All of a sudden, it's big in, the, in Joseph's eyes. This is a big thing. My wife is, my, my wife's pregnant, but child from someone else. And, and Joseph said, man, I want to divorce her quietly and go about my business. I don't want to hurt her. I still love her. Uh, I, I found a clip this week on marriage. You know how first year of marriage is? Engagements are, oh, let me let you know the truth, Zach. Your engagement time is going to be nothing like it if you've been married 25 years. Big difference. Amen. I want you to show you this clip. If Michelle has this clip, I, I found this clip of uh, 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 of on marriage. I want you to watch this. First year of marriage. Isn't that sweet? Going carry her to the band sleep her. That's first year of marriage. Now here's the seventh year of marriage. This is 30 plus years of marriage. So see, marriage, it come in, that Satan here, Satan attacks his mind. He, he's going to play mind tricks with with uh, with Joseph. And and I love that, that trials are going to, you just need to realize today, and this is a lot easier to preach than to live sometimes, because sometimes it will come out of nowhere and just attack you, and you'll say, man, I did not see that coming. Have you ever said that before? I mean, troubles and trials and storms and testings, they never come at a good time. I mean, I don't know, nobody said, boy, this would be a good time to get the flu this week right before Christmas. You know, this would be a good time to, you know, lose my job, Randy. There's never a good time when you're being attacked, when something's coming at you. It's never a good time, and and at this time in Joseph's life, it was a good time. They were engaged. They're fixing to be, man, they, they had big plans for their marriage, and all of a sudden, troubles and testings just all of a sudden just boom. How many of y'all has that ever happened to you? Things are going good. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, something hits you and just knocks you right off course. And most of the time I found out that that happens, and it happens in my life, and it happens in this church's life, is right after some of our greatest services, some of our greatest victories, some of our greatest moves of God in this church when people get saved and things happen. And then all of a sudden, some area of the church, some disturbance pops up. And I'm going, man, I didn't see that. Man, church is going good. People are in unity. And all of a sudden, boom, here comes a trial. Just as it hit me last Thursday of, man, I I don't know. I just, I I think I give the devil an inch and he just wanted to go the whole mile. Amen. And and, and until it just gets you to really creeping in and giving you fear. And, 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 and Joseph could have had these same same things. I want to go back and, and read that in verse 18. I mean, Joseph, this, this, all of a sudden a trial happens and it says, let's go into verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example. Joseph, pretty good guy. Amen, man, come on. Joseph's a good guy. He didn't want to make an example out of her. He said, He's still being good to this woman. She's pregnant, and he don't really know who the baby is. Not yet, until he has a dream, and he still loves her. I mean, this guy had faith. This is why the lineage went back to David. This is why Jesus goes back to David. Now, Joseph is Jesus' earthly father, okay? But this is a virgin birth. This is just an earthly father. When we look at Joseph's lineage, he goes back to the to David, the son of David, it goes back to King David. You see that a lot in God's Word. the 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 father, Jesus Christ, is Lord. Okay, okay. Just for Bible's reference, he's the earthly father. Jesus Christ left the portals of heaven through that. Now you say, I, see, I, I don't know everything about God's Word. And I don't know how to explain it all to you. I don't know how she became pregnant. By the Holy Spirit with Jesus when He is God. He's the part, second part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. She was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But that still didn't move nothing. Mary was still a virgin. That's why it's so important in our faith as Christianity. This is a virgin birth. Virgin birth means she was she was. Impregnated by the Holy Spirit through the power of God placed the baby Jesus inside of her. That makes it a virgin birth. That's how Jesus can be the sinless Savior. That's why that verse said, He's coming to save people from their sins. This is very important you believe in the virgin birth. Because if you believe in the virgin birth, then you're going to believe in a pure, uh, sinless Savior that died on the cross for your sins. So that's how now... Now this is how all the gospel comes together. This is why Jesus can be the one-time sacrifice and die on the cross for the sins of the world. If it wasn't a virgin birth, it would have been a death on a cross of any other crucifixion that ever happened. This is what makes Jesus so special in the virgin birth. This This is why... This is why why Christmas is so special, guys. It's not just because they brought him gifts of frankincense and some smelly myrrh. Amen. It's not about that. It's not about the star. It's not about the cattle and the donkeys and the sheep and the goats in the barn. It's that he was born a virgin birth so that one day he could die on the cross and pay for every sin that I was have committed, am committing, and was going to commit, it was covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And see, I don't think we see that a lot of times as Christians. But Jesus Christ did not die. The Bible says He died for, what did Jesus died for? My sins. You're right. But He died for your past sins. He died for your sins that you're committing today. He died for your sins when you get in the car and sin. And He's definitely... Died for you when you go to the restaurant, and sin, Amen. But he died for the present sin. He died for the sins that you hadn't even committed yet. Five years down the road, the blood has covered the sin that I ain't even walked into. This is what. Listen. This is why the blood's so important. This is why we have eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is why Revelation says. We have victory through the blood of the Lamb and the testimony. Our testimony. This is how we have victory is through the blood today. And and, and I know I got off here, but I want you to realize it's very important that you, you need to get God's word. Listen, I don't know. It's hard for you to be saved if you don't know the virgin birth. If you just say, I don't believe in the virgin birth, but I'm a child of the king. Well, you need to go back and check. Because if you don't believe in the virgin birth and Jesus and all this and died on the cross, listen, how can you be saved? Unless you know that a redeemer had to die on the cross and buy you back. That's what reconciliation means is to bring you back. He had to bring us back for something. What was that? When we, when sin hit in the Garden of Eden, it struck all of mankind. Listen, that was through the first Adam. The Bible says the second Adam is coming to die on the cross to reconcile to bring back to the he's our kinsman redeemer, a redeemer is one that buys a slave back. Jesus bought it. We were slaves of sin, but when we became known as children of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, we're not slaves of sin no more. Yes, we have free will choice. Yes, we have a choice to decide right and wrong. But before you were saved, you didn't have a choice. You were dying and going to a devil's hell. No choice. sat You in sin. Oh, that's good stuff. I don't know how I got that. But while he thought about these things, now, now he goes into a, a dream. He goes into a dream and Mary's wondering, man, I love him. I don't know what we're going to do. He goes into a dream here, but while he thought about these things, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. He said, I'm going to confirm what she said. She told you I'm pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe this angel, a lot of times in the Bible it could have been Jesus himself, God himself, showing up and speaking. It says an angel. Come down, whatever it was, it convinced him that it was a holy pregnancy. Amen? That it was conceived in glory. And he said, listen, what Mary's been telling you, she didn't sleep around on you. She didn't commit adultery. She's telling you the truth, Joseph. She has been chosen to be the seed carrier of the Son of God that was going to die on the cross for the sin of the world. His name is going to be called Jesus. And he wakes up out of this, after the angel is speaking to him, he wakes up and she shall bring forth a son and will call his name Jesus, and he will save the people from sin. And it says, the Lord commanded him to take Mary as his wife. Now that still, here's another big step of faith. Now he's got to go back, not only put out Mary privately, now he can't because he knows that it is a holy pregnancy. He knows that she was impregnated through the power of the Holy Spirit. God placed Jesus Christ, his son, in her. Now, he's even got a bigger spectacle. He's got to go back and go through town with her and saying, She's right. I love my wife. She's pregnant. But it's Jesus. It's all God. I, God spoke to me in a dream, and it's a real thing. How, Joseph, the Holy Ghost, how? Can you imagine all the hows were going on in that city? How did that happen? The Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says. Read it on Mary. Mary asked, Mary asked God earlier, how am I going to be pregnant? And she says, how? And then God says, the Holy Ghost. Well, the Holy Spirit. For some of y'all Baptists that are scared of ghosts. Amen. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call it, We need to quit flip-flopping back and forth. Listen, you need power. You need something that's not in your own strength, in your own power. You need the anointing of power, a fresh touch of God today. That's why you're in the trouble that you're in. The the, the molehill's become a mountain. I needed a fresh touch from the anointing of God. I needed a touch. God needed to touch me and say, it's going to be okay. You're crying over spilt milk. Won't you eat some cornbread with that? I believe that was a scripture in the Bible, I believe God would have put it there if He knew I said it. But that's why sometimes in the middle of our trials, that's see, not all trials and storms and interruptions are bad things. Sometimes they come to us because we're just, man, we're just kicking through life, doing everyday life, going to the job, going to church on the job, taking the kids to hobby, dance, basketball, here, we're back on church, we're doing our ministry, we're just clicking along, and God says, man, that guy is doing too much on his own, that woman is doing way too much on her own, he allows a moheel to trip me up, you ever did that, oh, that's just a moheel, I can handle this problem myself, that's the first thing we think. We see a little molehill pop up in our lives. I got to you. Boy, I'll just cast him out in the name of Jesus. I'll do something. I, shoot, I've been in ministry so long. I've been preaching so long. No problem, devil. And then all of a sudden before you turn around, it's done an anthill. Amen. It's done, grew and grew. Jesus said, God says, i let that thing grow in your life. Kind of like a wart. Amen. Anybody ever got, I know it's just goo corny, but if you don't treat that wart when it's young, it's going to be a whopper. Amen? Either that to put the frogs down, one of the two. Amen? Y'all get that on the way home. But it, it, it's kind of like the flu. You start getting symptoms of the flu or a cold. I'm okay. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go to work. I can't get time to be sick. And you don't take nothing for the symptoms. And then in four days, you're on the couch and you can't move. It's the same way with the storm. If we don't focus and call out on God first, that's why God allows them to come into our lives, so we'll get back to trusting Him, and not trying to do it on our own. We've got. Listen, we're going into a new year, church. We need to let God do it. Amen. I mean, we need to let God. Brother Doug gets to preaching next. This is my last sermon for a couple of weeks because I'm off because I got to take a break get ready. Man, y'all know when it gets New Year, I'm ready to be putting in an overdrive. We going. But life can be chaotic and full of times that test our faith. And God tests, allows Him things to come in and test our faith to make sure that I was trusting him with a stupid transmission. And man, God really opened my eyes. If I couldn't trust him with a transmission, how am I going to trust you with 350 people? And a church minister. If you're not sleeping over a transmission, well, hang on, the devil's got more for you. Amen? And you got Mr. and Miss Thorne go to that church. They fixing to tear you up. You got them negative people that don't want to move and don't want to go nowhere. They're going to be crawling in your back pocket this year. I don't know why we're doing this. I don't know why we gotta do this. Amen. Let's not be a church this year that says, Wow, we gotta it. if it's a God thing, let's just do it. Amen. 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 Thank y'all. Let's not whine and cry. And, well, we got, if God's commanding and ordaining it, let's do it. See, them trials come along so you will trust God. You have, did I give you Proverbs? Oh, she's with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is why you have that trial today, friend. So you'll acknowledge Him in all your ways. Acknowledge, in all your ways you'll acknowledge Him and He shall... Direct your path. That's why that little molehill is popping up. That's why that trial is coming so you'll acknowledge God and not me and my own strength. I, I, God, I need you. i got to get focused. Because see, we can do ministry in this church this year and we're very talented people in this church. We can do a lot of things through human talent and we give God credit for it. But if we'll give God credit for it and just focus on Him and follow Him, man, it'll be great. But if we follow God and on our own strength, and we got my ideal, your ideal, your ideal, this ideal, and nobody has prayed about them ideals, we're in trouble. Amen? We're in trouble. it has got to be a God idea. And I truly listen. God is powerful enough. If He can put the heavenly Father, if He can put Jesus inside a virgin's womb, He can guide this church. Listen, we need revival in America. That's what we need. We need a great awakening, Holy Ghost, moving, anointing revival. But we've got to get the church today to quit being ashamed of the movement of God. I truly believe if I went and preached in a lot of churches, I know Baptists, I can pick on them because I am one. But if I know I went and preached in a bunch of Baptist churches, we ain't doing that. We're not going to move here. We're, you know, we're, uh, that's, that's a little crazy stuff right there. The reason it's crazy is you've been sitting in the same spot for 40 years. You have been accustomed to sameness. And sameness brings on in <laughs> That's good. I like that. There's some churches that have been sitting in that same pew for 40 years. They sit there and sit there and did the same thing and same thing and same thing. Getting the same results, same results, same results. Sameness brings on insane. America, Listen, here's where America's at. America does not know right from wrong. I'm telling you. It does not know right from wrong. And until we get a group of people... And it's got to start with God's people. If y'all think electing another president of whatever he's going to be, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Tea Party, whatever he is, until God starts changing our hearts in the church, it don't matter who the president you can, And that's what we're doing now as a church. And Obama's the worst we ever had. And God's looking down saying, the church is the worst I've ever had. Amen? Because we go sit for two hours, we hear a sermon, and we go home and nothing ever changes. I'm going to tell you, if you can go to church Sunday after Sunday and something don't change your direction, to at least get your knees and pray a little more, or open your Bible, or speak Jesus to somebody, something's wrong with your heart, my friend. Something, more importantly, something's wrong with this church. Because when you come into the presence of the Holy Spirit like Joseph came into, in that dream, man, it'll change. When you get a fresh touch from God, it'll change you. You don't care what people think. I can care. Hey, oh, they worship over it. We're worrying about people looking at you worshiping. You're not worshiping them. You're worshiping Jesus. Amen? (laughs) Everything we do in this church, we're doing it for Jesus, not for just the community to see, not for me, not for leadership. We're doing it for the King of King and the Lord of Lords. And if you're not doing it for that, then you need to get out because you're spinning your wheels. All you're gonna be is crying and sniffling, and they don't love me down there no more. God's love still in this church. God still got the same direction for this church as He did. We just let the molehill become a mount. Amen. Amen! Amen. i like a bunch of Christians in here today. In all your ways, see, trials aren't always meant to hurt you, but to help you. I heard this, I read this story in this devotional this week. This guy was going to do something for his neighbor. His neighbor was Tommy. I'm going to help old Tommy out. He's got that big old Tommy has got a whole stack of wood on the side of his shed, none of it split. So he's gonna pull a little trick on Tommy, and which God turned out using it for the good. He said, I'm gonna call the FBI and tell him my neighbor's got drugs in that firewood. So he called the FBI and boy, a few hours about the next day, the FBI showed up at his neighbor's house and beat the door down. Said, You got drugs? Are you making drugs? Are you we got a tip saying there's drugs in your wood pile? And that FBI said, Guys. Everybody bring the axes to the malls. Let's go. Let's hit this right here. Let's split every bit of it. We're going to find him drugs. A little bit later, they all left. They didn't find nothing. They got mad and got in their SWAT teams. They all left. He called. Tommy called his neighbor and said, Hey, did you call that FBI on me and tell them I had drugs in my wood pile? He said, Yep. Merry Christmas, buddy. I love that. See, not all storms are meant to do harm. God is working them out for His good. So I don't know what you're going through today. I love Exodus 14, 14. It says, The Lord will fight for you. Amen? The Lord will fight for you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Hey, the Lord's fighting for me. Tell them. Tell them the Lord's fighting for me. You need to know that before you leave. You need to speak victory. Victory. You need to speak, hey, God's fighting for me. I just got to focus. But I love that last verse. Can we go to that last verse? I think it's 24, Michelle, where he obeyed him. I love that last part. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Amen? Amen. Did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He woke up and did as the angel... Man, if we did that, we might have some peace. If we started doing what God commanded us in our spirits to do, not only in public service, but in our own prayer times, driving in your car on a bypass, God can move anywhere. He can convict He can move. He'll speak to you going to work. He'll speak to you on your job. He'll speak to you when you're eating supper. God will move anywhere. But I love that he did as the angel. I mean, that's it. You want to see God work through your battle today? You want to see God move more? There's going to come a point in life, I can preach till I'm blue in the face. You can get cards from this church saying, hey, we missed you. We love you. We can get, hey, let's do this. Let's do this ministry. Let's go. It doesn't matter. You're always going to be in the same place spiritually until you do as the angel of the Lord commands you. There needs to be a step of faith since the last time you stepped out and asked Christ as your Savior. And for a lot of Baptists, that's the last time they stepped out and spread and experienced newness of Jesus Christ is when He filled them with the Holy Spirit. That's it. When's the last time God moved in your life? Well, I got saved, let's see, 30 years ago. I remember that night. It was so great. God's wanting to do something the last 37. Today is the day the Lord is. In. He's fighting for you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what battle you're fighting. Christmas time, Christmas can get chaotic. But hey, make a pledge. We're going to enjoy Christmas this year. It don't take a lot of money to enjoy Christmas. Amen? You don't have to buy your kids the greatest, latest Xbox game to make them happy. You don't got to buy them three pairs of Nikes, a bunch of Under Armour, and go blow your credit card up to $6,000 to make your kids happy. Amen? Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to buy them that nice Under Armour jacket that you had to work for about three overtime days in a row to buy it. And the after Christmas over in February, it's going to be laying out in the yard. Amen. Where's your jacket? I left it at school. Bring it home tomorrow. I work three overtime days to get that nice jacket. Amen. The toys your kids are riding, the bike will be left out in the rain. It'll forget all about it because the new wears off. But when you're in a child of God, you know Jesus, old things pass away all things become new, become new, become new, become new, become new every day. New every day, every day, every day. It's more than just a one-time thing. Jesus wants to be just as real to you today as He was last year when you were on fire for Jesus. Amen? The Lord will fight for you. Let's enjoy Christmas this year. I, I, I'll let Doug preach a Christmas sermon next year. But enjoy it. See, I, I really didn't want to put the tree up, and, and that's okay too. Probably in some respect, because the tree don't make Christmas either. That wreath don't make Christmas. I started to say these lilies here don't—they don't make Christmas, but I forgot the name of them. What are them? Poinsettias. They say I don't even know them. They don't make Christmas. But Christ, the Savior that came to die for the sins of the world, makes Christmas. And when you have a relationship with Him today, you have peace. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll fight for whoever's in this building on their behalf today. If they're going through, Lord, maybe Christmas time and just maybe things have popped up in their life, Lord. And they're going through trials as I was. And, and Lord, I'm a preacher and I'm in your word every week. And the devil still slipped in and wanted to bring fear into my heart. Lord, He wanted me to look at all the negative. What the Usually when the devil comes in your life, he'll make you focus on the bad things that's happening. But God's wanting to show you that He's in control. He's a good, good Father. But sometimes we need just to cry out. We need to stop where we're at and get focused on Him and just cry out to Jesus. So you say, Brother well, George, I can't say a big prayer, and I don't know what, what just say Jesus. I love that song. Just say Jesus. but you don't worry, man. I'm going through this. But, you know, I got family problems. I'm, I'm in our marriage. We're doing this. We got fun. just say Jesus, 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 Jesus. See, let that name permeate this room, Jesus. Let him invite you into his presence. It's not about building. It's not about my service. It's about Jesus, and he'll fight. For you. But you're going to have to do what the Lord's commanding you today. Let me put it another way, so you understand. We've got to start doing what the Lord is convicting us to do. That's the same as a command. What is the Lord convicting? What's the Lord been convicting you about in the last few weeks? the last few months. You say, well, Brother George, it goes away for a little while, but then it comes right back. Man, it comes back even stronger. Yep, (laughs) been there. God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to say, I'm fighting for you, man. You'll just step out on faith and do what I command you to do. I'm here. I'm fighting for you. I'm with you. That's what he's calling our church to be this year As we're going into into this year and going into the new one. Whatever God's laying on your heart, step out today. Come to this altar. Don't leave here without having peace and experiencing the real Christmas of Jesus Christ. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand quietly. Come. Altars are open right where you're at. Come to Jesus this morning as the altar workers come. Maybe you're not enjoying Christmas. Maybe you've been enjoying the stuff about Christmas. Won't you come? And let God focus you on what Christmas is. Come as your family. Come as a husband and wife. Whatever God's calling you to be, come this morning. Maybe you're fighting that trial and you're in that storm right now. Maybe you're going through a battle. Call out to Jesus. I love that you'll fall apart.